Mark chapter 12. We'll start in verse 35, but before we do, let's pray. God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for your good word. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will work on our heart today. God, we may have come in here with lots of burdens and lots of worries and lots of fears. And, and if anybody came in with, with those type of things this morning, I pray that you just would just take those things away from them in these few minutes. God, don't let us be distracted. This is when the devil works overtime on our minds and on our thoughts to get us sidetracked. So help us not to have any distractions today, but let our heart be tuned in to what your word has to say. And I pray that you would just hide me behind the cross, that I would do a good job to accurately preach and teach what your word says, that the Holy Spirit would guide me in all I say, and, and let the words that you want your people to hear come from my mouth this morning. And I pray that you just would hide me behind the cross, take away any any fear or any pride or whatever it may be, dear Lord, but that I would humble myself before you and let you do the work. I pray that you give us a good good time today in your word, and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus had been under attack for really most of, of this chapter, uh, going all the way back into the end of Mark chapter 11. There were all of these different religious people and political people who had just come after him one after the other after the other and they presented questions that they really figured would be too hard for Jesus to answer or questions that they thought would make Jesus look bad but everything that they came at Jesus with he he completely uh, with wisdom stood up to them and gave them a, a response really that they were not expecting and then Last week, we looked at a guy who came to Jesus who seemed to have a, a, a genuine question that was not a question really to trap Jesus, but it was a good question, and that is, what is the most important command? And Jesus said, look, love God and love people. That's what Jesus told the guy, and the guy was amazed, and he even acknowledged that what Jesus said was right, and that's what God really wants us to do. And Jesus responded that the man was not far from the kingdom of God, And so uh, we, we begin to see last week things kind of begin to lift a little bit, at least, at least with this line of questioning that we have experienced in the following weeks. We start off today with Jesus presenting a question to these groups. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 35. So Jesus asked this question as he taught in the temple complex. How can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself says by the Holy Spirit, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. How then can the Messiah be his son? And the large crowd was listening to him with delight. Now, Jesus asked a question to the people. He brings up David, who was no doubt a prominent figure among the religious people of the day. David would have been well known, and he quotes a passage from the Psalms that David said. Now, we talked about this, the, the phrase, son of David, several weeks back in the sermon with the triumphal entry. We won't go through all of that in great detail this morning, but in the Old Testament, it was clear that there was going to come one from the line of David who was going to be the Messiah, who was going to be this Savior. 
And, and the people knew that. And when Jesus came in in the triumphal entry, that's why they said, Son of David. That's why occasionally, not too often, but occasionally you will hear people refer to Jesus as the Son of David. When they say that, that means that they are acknowledging that they believe Jesus is this one who is to come. And so here Jesus takes this idea, which obviously some <coughs> believe that Jesus was that Messiah, We see this idea among some that, that Jesus is the, is the Messiah, and they acknowledge that by saying, Son of David. But, but, but Jesus presents this question to them here, which is a difficult question for them to answer. Now, many of the questions that we have seen Jesus, that have been asked of Jesus up to this point, he has always had a good answer, a good wise answer to come back at these people. But... Jesus asked a question here that would have been difficult for some to answer. Now, some no doubt got what is referred to when it speaks of the son of David. But David used this language, and it says, The Lord said to my Lord is what we see in the psalm. That is, David said to the Lord, or, or, or the Lord said to my Lord. And in the passage here, we see David referring to the Lord, but yet we see the, the idea that the Lord was going to come from the line of David. So how could David refer to the Lord who has not yet come? Who is David referring to if the Lord, the Messiah, is coming from David? How can David be speaking of the Lord and to the Lord in these passages? And Jesus was pointing the people to a spiritual message. Now, certainly there was the physical where where. Jesus was going to come from the bloodline of David, but there's a more spiritual message to be uh, seen from this passage in the Psalms. And that is, is that the Messiah not only came from David, but the Messiah was before David, because the Messiah, Jesus, is eternal. He has always been. And he wanted his hearers to understand this point, that the Messiah was before David. He is not just one from the line of David, but one who came before David, And that's what we see when Jesus asked this question here of the people. He's trying to get them to think. He asked them a question now. They've asked him lots of questions, and he's giving them an answer, and now he poses a question. But it says that the crowd was listening to him with delight. They were glad to hear and see the things that Jesus was teaching here. All right, let's continue on. Mark chapter 12, verse 38. He also said... In his teaching, beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes and who want greetings in the marketplaces, the front seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show. These will receive harsher punishment. Now, many of those who had come against Jesus in the following or previous verses that we've seen. Were, were people who would have been considered religious people by those around, and they themselves would have probably said that they were very religious. Uh, and Jesus warns of these here. He says, beware of the scribes. Well, what, are they, what do the scribes do that Jesus points out that is a negative thing that the scribes should not do? Well, one, he says, they go around in long robes. That is, they are dressed really well. They want to be dressed good. They want people to see how well they are dressed. Now, in that culture, it was long robes, apparently. But in our culture, it could be whatever. The styles change from time to time. The point being is that they wanted to be known by their dress and how well they dressed. And Jesus says, beware of that. 
Uh, also, he says that they want uh, greetings in the marketplaces. They want people to see them in the marketplaces and say, Oh, brother so-and-so, oh, sister so-and-so, so that people will know who they are and what their position is and that people will recognize them and they will have some attention drawn to them. Uh, perhaps that could happen to us too. Now, you don't really even have to have a big fancy title necessarily for, uh, for you have to have a desire for attention to be drawn to you, perhaps. We like it when people call us out in front of other people and say, oh, I saw that you were helping out at the, at the soup kitchen last week, helping the homeless. And, well, we're glad because somebody around, oh, somebody heard that. They know how good I am. And, and we may like when people talk about all the good things that we do and other people overhear. Now, we can't stop people from saying things about us if we're doing good work from the Lord. Praise the Lord. If somebody boasts in us, then it's their job to boast. It's not ours. But even should someone boast in a good work we've done, we must watch our pride and not get too puffed up and think, ah, oh, you know what? They are right. Everybody does need to know how wonderful I am. Apparently, this is the type of attitude that Jesus is talking about here, these people who wanted these Big greetings in the marketplaces so everybody would know of them. Uh, they also look for the front seat in the, synagogue, in the synagogues. At the worship services, they want to be front and center. They want everyone to see them in their well-dressed clothes that they have on. Uh, they probably are glad to walk down uh, amongst all the other people sitting in the back and they walk all the way down to the front so that everyone can see them come in and everyone can see them sitting on the front row. And no doubt the front row seats were probably reserved for the best of the best. Jesus also says of these that they desire the seats of honor at banquets as well. And then in verse 40, he says, They devour widows' houses and say long prayers. Now, it's our job as followers of Jesus Christ to look after the widows and the orphans and the poor and the needy. God's word's pretty clear about that. But these that Jesus is speaking of, they were not looking after the needs of the widows. They were taking advantage of the widows. Now, in what ways we're not too sure here, but they devour widows' houses, uh, probably taking their possessions, probably uh, taking from them so that they could live their big and lofty uh, and, and, and high lives that they are used to. Uh, they may be taking from the widows and taking advantage of the widows to accomplish this. And they also say long prayers. So boy, when they get ready to pray, you can rest assured that they had probably rehearsed and they knew all of the big fancy words to say and how to speak loudly and how to pronounce and how to pause and how to ramble on for 10 minutes in their prayers. Not because they cared anything about God. They cared about people hearing them. And they probably spent more time preparing their prayers than they ever did seeking the Lord. And so Jesus says, beware of these people, the scribes that he's speaking of here. This is some of the same group that has already come against Jesus. This religious group that would have had some sway in the, in the, among the religious people of the day and had some power in the religious circles and in the synagogues and in the, in the religious meetings of the day. These are people that would have had some power. And Jesus says, watch out for these people. Watch out for them. Because they're putting on a good show. 
But don't do what, they, what they're doing. Don't follow their example because it is not a good example. And he says of these, they will receive harsher punishment. Now they probably were fooling a lot of people in the, in the town there. I bet you a lot of people would have looked at them and they would have probably said, oh, you know, man, that, that guy there, he has got it figured out. He is really holy. I mean, he is dressed right. His prayers, I mean, he says just the right. I don't know any of those words. When he prays, I don't even know what those words mean, but they must be great because he is a religious person. And man, I want to be like him. Not so fast, Jesus says. Look out now. God doesn't care about those kind of things. He, of course he cares about us praying to him. Of course he cares for us uh, meeting together with each other. Of course he cares about those things, but he doesn't care about us putting on a big show. And these men may have fooled others in the community, but they had not fooled God. Jesus saw right through them. He knew what their motives were. And that leads us to this last section here to close out chapter 12. Verse 41 says, Sitting across from the temple treasury, he watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums, and a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. So in the midst of all of this, Jesus was people watching, we could say. We've probably all done that before, whether it's at a mall or a, 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 a airport, wherever it may be, probably even here at church. You may just sometimes just sit back and watch people. Now, Jesus had been attacked by all of these religious people, and he had just gave this word of warning of these people who devour widows, and he's sitting there at the temple treasury where people would come and they would make their offerings and present their money or animal sacrifice, whatever it was that they were supposed to give to the temple, they would bring and they would give it here. They would drop it off at the temple treasury. And he watched the crowd as they were putting the money into the treasury, and here comes this poor widow. Now, we need to imagine the scene. This was, this was a big deal. This was the week of Passover. Anybody that was anybody, that, that if it was at all possible to be in Jerusalem for this week, they were going to be there. This was a big deal. Everybody was there. The Jewish people were there. You can imagine that the 